um, when you read something or hear something from somebody you don't know, and it's the exact same thing that you've gone through, then you Mm -hmm. immediately feel a connection to them. And we find that we're more alike than different. And all these facets of our personality and struggles that we're going through are really, you know, boiled down to the fact that we all have them and we can all really relate in so many ways. And I think that mental health is, is so much about that. I'm Lily Cornell Silver, and welcome to Mind Wide Open, my mental health focused interview series. Today, I am talking to publicist and creative Jasper Guest and actress Brittany Snow. These amazing women have come together to create September Letters, which is a mental health focused letter writing campaign that encourages vulnerability, connection, and mental health destigmatization. Today, we are talking about how to get involved in September Letters, mental health experiences such as eating disorders, anxiety, and physical ailments, and our relationships with spirituality and the metaphysical realm and how that has helped us. Thank you so much for watching, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, you guys. Hi. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. Of course. I'm so excited to have you. How are you guys? Let's start there. Pretty good. Um, it's the weird thing I think about quarantine stuff is that like now it's a monotonous routine almost like we're getting used to it, which is maybe a good thing, but I'm, I'm finding like little bits of joy in, in the monotony of it all. And so it's kind of, it's kind of nice. It's like the new normal, which is kind of cool. You learn to adapt. I mean, I agree with Brittany. I feel like every day feels a little bit like the same and it's right. a little bit like Groundhog's Day. And then I, I mean, literally I was walking my dog the other day and I thought, I wonder what I should make him for Halloween. And I was like, oh my God, it's, it's November. Like we just, <laughs> like, where, where? and like, then I got scared. Like, is there like, what's going on? But I think that something's happening because we all have just like adjusted to the new normal totally. and the same thing every day. Cause I've just got into this routine and then you kind of get lost on really what right. day. Right. So I like, and I think that question is so hard right now. Like, how are you? It's yeah. like, well, living in a pandemic, talking to people through computers, I'm, you know, I'm great. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Nobody's like 100% right now. That's in, in my second interview. Um, I talked to Dr. Mark Brackett, who works at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, and, and he just wrote a book called Permission to Feel. And it's uh, his whole thing is when people ask, how are you, like, to answer it honestly. But but now is such a hard time to do that because it's like do you have an hour and a half you know (laughs) so I'm so excited to have you guys on because as people know who've you know watched the show and and listened ending the stigma around mental health is like one of the most important things to me and and such a goal of this series for me in general um so I wanted to talk to you guys about the September letters campaign and hear um from you guys in your own words what that is for people who might not know yeah so Uh, mental health has been kind of a, a passion of mine and something that I've, I've really put a lot of um, drive behind because it is so important to destigmatize the the emotion behind sharing your story and how people are so afraid of, of the shame that they feel comes with sharing your truth. And I've been working with different uh, initiatives and charities uh, since I was um, probably 21, so since 2008. And I started September Letters because I think it's so important to... 
I've used the word destigmatize, but even like a lesser crazy word, I guess, is just like being honest with yourself and with other people is the really the crux of of other people feeling not alone and feeling connected. Um, when you read something or hear something from somebody you don't know and it's the exact same thing that you've gone through, then you mm-hmm. immediately feel a connection to them. And we find that we're more alike than different. And all these facets of our personality and struggles that we're going through are really, you know, boiled down to the fact that we all have them and we can all really relate in so many ways. And I think that mental health is, is so much about that is, is finding the strength within yourself, but also reaching out to a community and feeling a part of, because we're so much stronger in, you know, united and together. And even if you're not now, especially with the pandemic, like around people, there's ways of feeling connected and supported. Um, so, so September Letters is really a platform and a website where people can share their stories and feel comfortable to, to share their truth and, and feel um, connected. That's amazing. And that's where I think there can be so much misconception is that everyone has mental health in the same way that everyone has physical health, you know, and needs to be taken care of by everybody. I'm curious, I haven't asked this yet. Where did you guys get the name? Yeah, that's a good question. So so this really started because I read an article in a magazine when I was um, a teenager. And it was the first time that I heard somebody else's words in their story um, and, and found my own. And so I carried around this article in my back pocket for months to kind of I don't know, connect with this idea that there is hope and this woman who I had never met recovered from this thing that I didn't even know I had. And then um, I shared my own mental health journey many, many years later in an article. And then I went to a coffee shop a couple weeks after the article came out and a woman at the coffee shop was carrying around my article in her back pocket. And so it was this very full circle moment where I felt like here we were just sharing our stories and trying to connect with somebody And this was the thing that both of us and maybe the next person needed in order to get through. And so September is actually the month that I always identify with in terms of hope because it's my recovery month. And um, I have 11 years of recovery from what that article was about. And um, I think that September to me is always like the, I get to September and I feel better because I know Mm -hmm. I've made it through another year. And And Mm -hmm. so um, I wanted to do something with September, but I didn't really know what to do about it. And then Jasper actually was the one that was like, September letters. Um, And I I remember thinking, duh, of course, we're sharing (laughs) letters, we're we're connecting with with writing. And so it made so much sense. And I loved that she was the person that came up with it because I think I was too close to it to to really put a, a title to what I was wanting to do. Totally. That's beautiful. I love that story. I just think that's like this, the most amazing thing and so full circle and like would just be a total like dissolve into tears moment. <laughs> we both did. I mean, this girl that I had never met before, we were both standing in a coffee shop crying and it was this weird moment where we had no idea who each other were in terms of like personally. Right. And there was such a connection there, which I feel like is what September Letters is all about, that you just, you recognize your own self in other people and and vice versa. And I think that connection is so important. That's so beautiful. And such a full circle moment for you from coming from like reading someone else's words and, and feeling, you know, feeling like validated by them and then to know you're making that impact on other people. Um, and so I think that's why I think this platform is so incredible because it allows everybody, you know, to, to open, to share their own stories and ho- hopefully validate and make an impact on other people. 
that's hopefully what we're trying to do is is pay it forward in a weird way. And I think there's so much recovery and and gratitude that comes when you share your story and then you feel like you've made a difference. I think that is sometimes what helps you more than anything is is giving it away. Absolutely. So for me, a huge reason why I started the series is because of my own mental health journey. And most of the guests I've had on have said they got into the mental health field because of their own experience with their mental health or a loved one's experience with mental health. So I would love to hear from you guys how your mental health journeys have inspired you being in the mental health space. Yeah, I mean, I think weirdly enough, I've always been a very empathetic and sensitive kid. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's been funny that I am an actor um, and that I wanted to be in this field because when I, even when I was a kid, I would cry all the time. I would see another kid crying and then I'd start crying. And right. I was just this sponge of like emotion. So it just always was in my wheelhouse to have some sort of like mental health component to my life. Um, I think it would have been a part of my life regardless, but I was a kid actor and I, I felt, you know, this need to be perfect. And I kind of went down a path of what many women and men go through in their teens where I felt, um, out of control and out of place. And so Mm -hmm. I started dieting and, and restricting. And then I went down a really, um, intense eating disorder path that I've been pretty vocal about. And then, um, and then because of that and getting better through that, I actually developed this way of thinking that was very structured and rigid. And then when I got healthy, I had to completely rewire my brain. And Mm -hmm. so I developed a new really fun mental health journey, which was an anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't have the necessary things that I used to use to deal with everyday life. I didn't have those like isms um, Mm -hmm. in my life. So I would just have panic attacks all the time and I couldn't even audition. I had to take years off from acting because I would have debilitating um, like breakdowns where I couldn't talk and I would shake and I wouldn't be able to speak to people. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on with me because there was nothing that really said why this was happening. I wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary that would, that would mess up my chemistry, but it was all in my head. And so my mental health journey really lied with a lot of people in my toolbox, including hypnotherapy, therapists, healers, spirituality, um, regular, you know, doctors, all these different things. I mean, my dad, my 82 year old father calls him like, go to one of your gurus, like one of your gurus <laughs> will like figure this out. And I really did have so many people because it was at the, like the foremost in the forefront of my life, um, trying to understand my own head. Mm-hmm. And I think that what came with that is a lot of grace and compassion and uh, gratitude around it because I really feel like this was a calling of mine anyway. So it's probably a good thing I went through all of it. Absolutely. That's so amazing. I, uh, thinking about you being young and crying all the time, it's like definitely a Pisces. Yeah. <laughs> Such a Pisces. Pisces tendencies. Every day. But that's something that's so interesting that I feel like isn't talked about as much is that even after you had recovered, you you still you had to you know do that whole rewiring of the brain. Like your brain develops these tendencies to support whatever disorder, whatever mental illness you're you know almost like to overcompensate to be like okay this is how we're structuring our brain and so that's super important and I'm I'm so glad you're talking about that is is the aftermath of that like it's not just you've recovered and then you're done you know it is for any kind of recovery it is one day at a time. 
Definitely. And I think, you know, in all the programs and all the things that people talk about, you let go of these, these, these crutches that you have. And then the real feelings happen. The real crap happens after that because you have to deconstruct what really that was covering up. And, and that's where like the growth comes in is like the, you know, the way that you really see how strong you are. And, um, and that's what I'm most proud of. People are always like, why did you take so many years off of acting? And, Mm -hmm. and I think, to myself, like those years were the best years because I am here today because of them. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's something that I, I had to talk about with my therapist a lot. Um, especially after I lost my dad is I was in such a state of shock and I, and I compensated with like very almost OCD like tendencies of like, these are the things I do to keep my brain in order. And mm-hmm. she painted it for me really well with a visual of like you're white knuckling right now. And like, that's taking a lot more energy ultimately than it would to just let go. And like the letting go is going to be absolutely terrifying because you're going to fall, you know, like you're letting go of like the monkey bar, or whatever, but you're going to fall, but eventually you're going to land. And so that's, that's like the image I've always had in my mind of mm-hmm. noticing when, when I'm white knuckling and when it's like, okay, you, the, like you said, the real work happens once you let go of that and are able to, you know, totally. lay yeah. on your feet again. You always do eventually, sometimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it takes longer than yeah. other times, but it happens. you fall and you get back up and you fall and you pop. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then Jasper, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I also think that recovery is every single day, like a, a mm-hmm. new day. And, and, and I agree w- with what you're saying. Th- that's rarely spoken about, you know, it's really never brought up that people think, okay, I did it. It's over. Right. And it's really not like every day. It's such a, uh, you know, a process for me. I had a lot of physical, um, challenges as a child and I had very bad ears. I had like very bad lungs. I was bursting mm-hmm. my eardrums. I was losing my hearing. I was losing a sense like constantly. I mean, it was like constant and, and as a very young child um, and it created a whole bunch of problems for me. And, and because of the physical ailments that lasted into adulthood, like usually people grow out of these things. It did mm-hmm. not happen for me. It wasn't until like my early twenties that I was like, I really can't function like this anymore. And I changed my my diet and I got into hypnotherapy and I got more spiritual advisors and all these different things um, because it started to affect my everyday life. You know, mm-hmm. when you, when you have certain physical things that, are, you know, deb- like that take away from everyday life, you know, you start developing hiccups or developing different crutches to get, you know, to work around. And so mm-hmm. that I had a, and I really love what Brittany said. Like, I think it's so interesting when you live through something because you can understand something a little bit more than some, someone just coming into your life and not really understanding the depth of that. Right. Um, and then I definitely had developed an anxiety panic disorder in my, you know, mid twenties after dealing with work and life and people and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, put the brakes on everything and really try to restructure everything in my life. And so I have a very regimented schedule daily based on really on my hearing. Like I have Mm -hmm. to do certain cardio things to keep my eardrums open. I eat a certain way to make sure the inflammation is down. I meditate. I do this, all these things. And if I let one day go, if I'm like, Oh, I'm just a little bit lazy today, something happens. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I got to do it again. So I had a little, we have, we've, she and I have a little bit of a parallel story in terms of like what, you know, it's worked for us. But, um, I, I started more from a physical condition and it kind of manifested into everything else. 
Gotcha. It's really amazing to hear both of you, I mean, not on different ends of the spectrum, but finding similar tools to help you through. And that's something we were talking about the other day with, um, with hypnotherapy, that hypnotherapy is something that both of you really relied upon. And I've never done that. I'd be super curious to hear from you guys what that looks like for you. I mean, it's really re rewiring your brain in such a gentle way. It's all positive. It really cured my anxiety. I don't know how exactly it works, but it's, it's all about your subconscious and, and your subconscious believing what you're hearing is fact. That's how I view it. But I don't know, Jasper, you have a different. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit similar. I've been working with my hypnotherapist for over 10 years. I mean, Mm -hmm. I now see her at least once a month. Um, And I do phone sessions obviously now, but when I went to the office so many years ago and I was really nervous because I was like, this sounds really bizarre and I'm into bizarre things, but this was like a little bit nerve wracking, like someone going to your brain. What does that mean? What happens for me in, in my sessions is just what Brittany said. Like, I mean, I remember being under, you go under trance and when Mm -hmm. you're in trance, I thought, am I going to lose control? Am I not going to be lately? I just did a session with her and, uh, I came up as two years old and she was like, okay, what do you see? And I was like, a, a clown. <laughs> I don't know why I see a clown, but I see a clown. So I did the whole thing and, and she, you know, did the blockage and blah, blah. And I called my mom after the session and I was like, was there a clown when I was two? She goes, yeah, I, I, I'm so upset I, for your birthday. I had a clown when you were, when you turned two and you hated it. And I was the worst mother ever. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like yeah. that's what happens with hypnotherapy. It's just like, Hey, I right. have this problem. Can you please fix it? And then they find what is blocking in your brain subconsciously and they reconvert the path. I'm just so incredibly grateful for that. And I think hypnotherapist is a very important distinction because there's like hypnotist and then there's hypnotherapy. And, and that's, you know, the thing that I love the most. Absolutely. I, I super appreciate the emphasis that both of you have put just in the short time we've been talking on like self-care and spirituality and, and finding things like that that work for you. Because I think especially, you know, in the society we live in today, when it comes to mental health so often, it's like you think of like big pharma, like you're just going to get prescribed 50 different things that give you 50 different side effects that end up causing worse, you know, and some like I'm on medication, medication can be so incredibly helpful, but it, I don't believe it should always be the first option, you know? Um, and I think exploring other modalities like that is so important and can be so helpful. And that's absolutely what has helped me the most, like in my, in my mental health journey is, um, is learning those different forms of self-care and like, doing inner child work and, and inner healing and, you know, healing the, like doing shadow work and things like that. Cause that's where you really like address it within yourself. Brittany and I have spoken about this a lot. You know, when everyone says a toolbox, I remember mm-hmm. being a teenager and be like, what is that? What does that mean? I, I don't right. even know what a tool is. Like, where do I go get these tools? You know? Right. And I think that that's, what's so amazing. What you're doing is that you're giving people a plethora of options to be like, look at all these different experts in different fields and how, like find something that can help you, you know, and you have to start somewhere, you know, what? One size does not fit all. Like just taking a pill for one person could help that person, but also like a hypnotherapist could totally not work for the next person, but there's all these different people and all these different things. And you find what like resonates with you. And like Jasper said, that's your toolbox. And it's, it's beautiful what you are doing because you're giving so many different varieties of ways to get in there and help. Thank you. 
in creating this series, it was for me, so much of it is about um, opening that accessibility, you know, because I've, you know, as we've all kind of, it seems like we were in the same boat with this, like I've had the privilege of having access to all these different modalities. And if I want to go see a hypnotherapist to go see a hypnotherapist and um, in the work I've done so far in the mental health space, it's been really illuminating to find out how inaccessible. And that's, you know, where this series is so big for me, because I want to bring in as you guys were saying, all these different tools to fill your toolbox in a way that is accessible and that anybody can, can use, you know, to whatever works best for them. So, um, yeah, I super appreciate that. And I appreciate that about September letters as well is that it's like, it is, you know, it's not one size fits all and, and everyone has to find what works best for them in their own journey. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important too, because like we can talk about hypnotherapy all day, but let's be honest. I mean, we're pretty privileged that we even have the ability to go see a hypnotherapist. Absolutely. And that's not necessarily the the way that people get better a lot of times. And so I think what hopefully what we're doing with September Letters and also what you're doing is is giving these like tiny little things that you can do. You can read a letter, you can, you know, watch something, you can listen to someone. Those little things I think are so monumental too. I think Brittany and I were really excited to find all the scientific, you know, studies backing up letter writing and and Mm -hmm. anyone can write a letter, anyone can journal, but how that really helps you work through a trauma and that is accessible. And a lot of people hold things in and when they start to talk about, it, they're like, oh, whoa, like more people feel like this than right. I realized. I'm so not alone, but it's the the next step in it is just how do we make it accessible to everyone? Mm-hmm. And so just small little things I think can at least start people on, on their path to find the next thing. Definitely. And I like that you guys brought up journaling too, because I mean, that's something that's been so huge for me. And I think can serve a similar function to things like hypnotherapy and, and, you know, other modalities in the sense that it is a subconscious release um, and, you know, helps you explore yourself. And that's where you can do the work of like exploring inner child and things like that is just by writing it down. And I've totally seen the same thing, Jasper, of like all these, all these different studies that are like, this helps so much. Like this is really um, underrated, you know, because I think journaling also really overwhelms some people who do Mm -hmm. not feel comfortable writing and finding their voice. Like you don't even need to do that. And Brittany says this all the time, like write a haiku, do a poem, like do like a lyric. It doesn't matter. And you can literally just draw a heart, but that's something mm-hmm. that you're starting to like rev up the the juices to, to go into a different direction. And it's externalization in, in some form, which is so important, especially now. We are rushing around so often or in our own minds. And it's very rare that we'd set aside time to just actually do something for ourselves with not having to post it on Instagram and not having to talk about it to everybody, but really taking that moment to like, be like, this is going to help me feel better. And I think that that is where that recovery starts is the like self care that it takes. Right. I think about like, I started college and I, after the first semester, I was like, I, if I go back, like I will break, you know? And so I took that semester off. And um, even though my mom is incredibly supportive and most people in my life are super supportive, there's still that weird stigma around like taking time off, no matter what it is, you know, whether it's taking a break from your career or taking a break from school. Like, I feel like we can get caught up in this system of like constant productivity. And if you're not being productive, then you're not 
a valued member of society in some way. It's it's so funny to me that that is such a generational thing too. I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like that is, it's kind of trickled down from generation to generation that you do so much and, and you have to work harder. My I love my grandfather so much, but yesterday I called him and he was like, how's the career going? Like, what are you doing? You know, right. what's next for you? And you're like- right you can also ask me like how I am, you know, like, but right. <laughs> I think it's not anybody's fault because it's just ingrained in our system to, mm-hmm. to ask about what we're doing instead of who we are or how we are. And I think that's changing. I think like it's, it's, we're aware of it. And the more and more that we speak openly about how our pr- productivity is not in the forefront and shouldn't be in charge. Um, and it doesn't matter if we get things done. It matters about who we are as people. I think that will change little by little. And definitely, I mean, you know, we're talking about like taking time off of like big, you know, things, college, career things. But I think also in the, the micro view of it, it's, it's taking like an hour to like go take a walk instead of having to answer all these emails or like call your, you know, all these people that you need to call back. It's taking that time for yourself. And it can be as little as being like, you know what, today I'm not going to feel pressured to have to do this because this matters so much. Like I'm going to take the time for myself. I think especially now where the, the lines between like home and work are so blurred, <laughs> like there's so little boundary between that with everything being on zoom. Like I go from like zoom therapy to like zoom, hanging out with friends to zoom. Now I'm in class to zoom. Now I'm working. So it's like, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to create those boundaries, but I totally agree with you. And that's something that hopefully people can take on in their own personal agenda. So wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, the stress of the holidays, especially this year where things are so unprecedented. Mental health can be very exacerbated during this time. And if that's something that you guys have experienced, and if so, how do you navigate the stress of the holidays? I I come from a very strange background with the holidays where like, I don't really like the holidays. I'm like, I feel like I'm Scrooge <laughs> saying like, I like other holidays. I don't know why I don't like the holidays. Um, don't fault that for me. But like, I think it's a lot of anxiety. It's just, sure. Um, and, and so it, this time always gives me a lot of stress. Um, I love my family dearly, but like, you know, there's a lot that goes on when you're around your family and a lot of things, you know, and I really rely on this toolbox that we keep talking about mm-hmm. when, when I go back home to see my family. Um, and I have, you know, people that, and support system that I, I call, I have books that I bring. Um, and I kind of always go back to like, you know, really simple notions of like, what is actually true? What, or what is a story that my childhood wants to like bring up? I find it so important to just stay really present and enjoy the fact that like having a family and being around family is so, um, it's so important. A lot of people don't have that and to not take it for granted. If, you know, having had like a loss, like a multiple big losses in the family, like that's going to be, you know, I think for most people, like that's going to be something that's very triggered during the holidays when that emphasis is placed on family, mm-hmm. especially this year with COVID, like there's going to be a lot of, you know, empty seats. And, and that's something that um, I hope people feel supported in. And I hope that there is a conversation around um, is, mm-hmm. you know, is, is that loss is already something that's exacerbated during this time. Mm-hmm. I, I think the most important thing, because I also struggle with anxiety around the holidays, mm-hmm. and 
lucky to have like loving parents and I get along with them. It's great, but there's always other family members that cause whatever um, is really. And, and I think loss is what you, you feel the most lost during the holidays. And I think sure. that's why, you know, I don't have either the love of the holidays like you mm-hmm. do. Um, I think cause it just brings up a lot that I'm just like, right. can take a break, <laughs> like I just can't from this emotion for a second. So I think the most important thing that I do personally is like plan the toolbox of what mm-hmm. I can use when something is happening. Cause the last thing you want to do is when you become in crisis is like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit too late. So like, I really try to think beforehand, like, what can I do? Is there a mantra I can say? Can I meditate beforehand? Can I, you know, listen to this tape? Can I do this or that to try to get myself in a better place? Um, because I think for me, I found that if I don't plan ahead for something, then it starts to get into a chaotic space. How would you say your spiritual or metaphysical journey has affected your mental health? I learned as I got older that I was v- very different. And my parents really encourage, I mean, I was very lucky, A, so lucky to have like parents who really encourage conversation. Like they were constantly asking how we were feeling and how we were doing. But I was also raised with believing in angels and talking to psychics and mm-hmm. understanding that I was a Gemini and Pisces rising. My mom used mm-hmm. to say, you know, you're a Gemini, like you've got all these subjects in front of you. Why don't you try to just focus on one and then move to the next? And, right. and understanding me actually was the most important thing. And spirituality, to me, gives you a roadmap of yourself. In the times that I've had the darkest moments of my life, I have really, you know, leaned into a therapist or hypnotherapist or journaling or whatever, but I've also really leaned into like the metaphysical community. Because more, more than anything, that's helped me understand who I am and why I'm going through something specifically. Because it's basically explaining stuff. And for me, being a human is really difficult. You know, like the growth is really hard and every day is a challenge. And for me, if someone can tell me like, well, this is why this is happening and here's how you could maneuver out of it um, is really helpful. And I think for anyone to have a roadmap, because that's what I think the biggest question is, is like, well, how do I do this? And and everyone has their own individual, you know, blueprint, so to speak. And, and that's really what metaphysical has given to me. I mean, I'm curious to hear your experience in it. Yeah. My grandma is an astrologer and a numerologist. And that's like, so I grew up very similarly that this is what I was taught, like as fact, you know, this is like, it's similar, you know, growing up in a specific religion, like this is the belief system that I grew up with it helps you find yourself and it helps answer some of the unknowns, which I feel like is what spirituality is as a whole. And it's, and it's also absolutely been a roadmap to help me understand other people. Um, And that's something I haven't talked a lot about that on here, but it is a super important part of my mental health journey in the same way that you were saying that it's like, it's something that's helped me greatly understand myself and understand the people around me. Um, And it's just like, especially when it's someone doing it right, like the way my grandma does it, she's never wrong. Right. You know, astrology is math and there's so many other things, but that's what I find so interesting is that this is not something that just popped up in the last 10, 20 years. Like this has been around for thousands of years. um, And it's always been kind of a part of, of the conversation. I have a funny story that that has to do with this a little bit, but mm-hmm. so my, so I'm a really like sciencey person too. So I didn't believe a lot of this stuff at first. So for the people who are watching this, we're like, you guys are witches. Like <laughs> I, I will, I will 
say that like, that's kind of how I was at the, at the beginning a couple years ago with this stuff, but I do believe in energy and I do believe, Mm -hmm. you know, science Einstein believed in energy. Like everything is energy. And last night I was watching the sunset with my, with my husband, he's a surfer and he was talking, he, he always like tries to tell me things about the ocean whenever we're looking out there. And he was talking to me about the ocean and how the moon Um, has so much to do with the tides. And I was like, so you're telling me that the moon changes the tides and you believe in that, but you don't think the moon can change our bodies? We're made Mm -hmm. up of water. Right. Never have I thought about that before. And I was like, the little moments like that make me so happy because it is those like little breakthroughs that I think that people who really understand like nature and science can like hold on to where you're like, oh yeah, we're all connected. And Mm -hmm. why would we not have to do with the stars and the moon? But so I was proud of my husband for making that connection. That's awesome. I love that story. I, and I love seeing those little breakthroughs. I see that with my grandma all the time when she's talking to people and they're like, this stuff is bullshit. And then she tells them something about themselves that they're like, oh my God, <laughs> like, how did you know that? You're with it, right? Like people right. are really afraid of it. And, and, totally. and I think that, you know, there, there shouldn't, there, there, I mean, there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. It's just learning about yourself. For anyone who's interested in like being a part of September Letters in some way, what can they do? We would love for people to go on the website, which is mm-hmm. It is a community that is completely uh, inclusive and immersive. You can write a letter, you can request a letter, you can read a letter. You also can comment on other people's letters, which we're really quite excited about. Um, and the community has really embraced that feature. The request a letter feature is really kind of amazing. So if you don't see a letter that vibrates to you, you can request something specifically. Um, and also, you know, again, like Brittany said, we can, you can be anonymous. You can give your first name. We don't publish last names. So, you know, it's hard to figure out what the name would be anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you can give us a, a photo to include in your letter. It doesn't even have to be a letter. It can be a drawing. It can be a picture. It can be a doodle. It can be a poem. It can be a haiku. It can be a, like a, a song, lyric, whatever. Whatever resonates to you and is going to help you. Um, and be part of that community. And we're also on Instagram at September Letters. We're also on Pinterest at September Letters. One of our biggest things is that this is a safe space for people to come onto and to feel um, like they can say what they want to say. Another important point, which we didn't bring up, is that we are uh, a partner of Bring Change to Mind, mm-hmm. um, which we're really proud of. It's founded by Glenn Close, and our our, our like narratives kind of overlap. Um, so, you know, we encourage everyone to get involved and and get involved however it feels comfortable to you. <laughs> I know. I hope everyone that watches this will, will get involved in some way. Cause I, I love that notion of building community, especially right now. That's something that's so vital and, and something that I think will add to that shift of like positivity in social media is using it for, you know, the good that it could be used for, which is finding someone that you may not have ever met who lives 3000 miles away, but who shares, you know, such a similar experience to you or you guys have similar mental health journeys. So that's, that's super awesome. We have so many other things, great things planned also in the future for September Letters. We really, like you, want to bring on so many you know, people and experts and, and have open conversations about mental health and, um, and really get you know, different facets in there in terms of the website, um, videos and stories about letters and, and really build that community in so many different immersive ways, like Jasper said. So it's not just sitting there and reading letters. So there's going to be more to come with that and keep an eye out for it. Exciting. 
Um, I would love to end on the note of what is something that is giving you hope right now? I mean, honestly, this, this is like uh, September letters for me to read these letters. And I know Brittany shares this experience and to see people's comments just gives me just hope that people are open to sharing. Like that's big. The fact that people are willing to trust us with their story and trust others to read it. And so for me, particularly being in quarantine and isolation, it's given me hope for, for the human spirit and, and to see how people are really sharing in such huge ways. Um, I, I would say also, I mean, this sounds really cheesy, but it's the truth. My, the thing that's giving me the most hope right now is having these conversations with, with you. And like, I've found so much with, I'm not, I mean, I'm older than you, but like, but a little bit older than you, but your generation of people who really want to talk about mental Mm -hmm. health and want to talk about what they're going through. I mean, when I was 21, I did not have this sort of community. I didn't have this openness. I feel like if I did, if I feel like if there was a place like watching what you're doing right now where I could have felt like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I would have felt so much more connected and um, included and, and so much more comfortable. I would have felt like I wasn't going crazy. And I think it's so monumentally important what you're doing. And I think that that does give me hope. Thank you. Thank you so much. And absolutely the same to you guys. Just opening the conversation and creating community is like the key, the key words, I think. Um, Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for the kind words. And hopefully I will have my September letter up for people to view. (laughs) Perfect. We can't wait. Thank you for having us. Of course. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you like this episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a review. 